welcome to Training for Godliness, where we take a few minutes to remind each other to stay focused on spiritual things during our daily walk with God. I'm your host, Paul Hammonds. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Training for Godliness. I want to thank all of you for keeping up with us and subscribing, liking, sharing our podcast, even when we haven't really been as regular as we should in creating new content. But we're back with what I'm calling a new season, which just means that I'm making some minor changes to the way I've been approaching topics this this year. Uh, Maybe you'll notice the difference, maybe you won't. But my hope is that it will continue to be encouraging for each of you in your walk with God and maybe provide some food for thought. If you're someone who is not currently following Jesus and maybe would like to understand a little more about what it means to be a true disciple of Christ. Regardless of your background, we're glad you joined us. I'm going to take an odd start to this, but hopefully you'll follow where I'm going with it. One of the iconic lines from my favorite Batman movie comes at the end of The Dark Knight, when Commissioner Gordon explains to his son why he is allowing Batman to take the blame for multiple murders. He sums it up with a statement, he is the hero Gotham deserves, but not the one it needs right now. I thought about that concept a lot, particularly this year, because this year, one of the most popular topics of discussion concerns the quality of our political discourse, or the lack thereof. As our election approaches, we watch debates where shouting, name-calling, and interruption take the place of intelligent discussions of policy, assuming that ever happened, or in most cases, we just brag about how we didn't watch it. If you're on social media, it's almost impossible to escape the bitterness and frustration that so many are expressing towards both sides of the political aisle. Despite whether you were rooting for one side or the other, even if you believe that one party is behaving itself in a more seemly manner than the other, most of us seem to come to the same conclusion. We deserve better. After all, we live in a society that kind of thrives on entitlement, even when we often decry our nation or our culture for all its flaws. On a personal level, we feel as if we deserve better than what we are getting from our civic leaders. Maybe we extend that to our neighbors as well. Maybe we only think that people who agree with us deserve better. I'd like to point fingers and say that one side or the other really started the downward trend and now they're getting it back in return and so it serves them right, but we'll still usually acknowledge that the result of that turnabout hasn't really been good for the country or even ourselves individually. But it's worth asking the question, do we really deserve better? Are we really helpless victims of our political superiors, social media thought leaders, just carried along in waves of bitterness and outrage, adrift without any real leadership and left with no choice? but to pick a side and join in the fight? I think if we're really being honest about ourselves, about our culture, and about how it got this way, the reality is that we're getting exactly what we deserve, regardless of what side I may be on in any given debate. Because I'm not even talking about the we in terms of this country, really. Although we could go into great detail about how this year's presidential elections have been decades in the making, a culmination of all sorts of dysfunctions and divisions in this nation, America certainly has its share of unique internal issues, both socially and politically, that serve as the perfect storm for bad political theater. But but I'm talking about the we as in us, all of us, universally, humanity at large. Because when we look to human leadership, seeking deliverance from our troubles for some other person or political group or human ideology or concocted utopian fantasy, this is what we get. We get flawed leaders, pandering to flawed people with flawed solution to give those people what they believe that they want. 
We desperately desire to be part of something bigger than ourselves, to make our lives matter somehow. And in a culture that is growing more and more focused on the here and now, we limit our search for meaning to the here and now. We focused on the moment, on mindfulness, on making ourselves feel a certain way about ourselves in that particular moment, in that particular situation. And we gravitate to people or movements that promise us that level of fulfillment. I want to feel good about myself. I want to feel good about the life I'm living. I want to feel like I'm a part of something better, something more important. And I want to see that in the person who is leading me. And when I try to do that with a human being like myself, I'm doomed to failure. What we want, what we believe we deserve, is rarely what we really need. The Old Testament provides a dramatic picture of people who constantly wanted what they didn't need. Uh, we see the children of Israel, they wanted freedom from e Egyptian slavery, but they didn't want to be free of Egyptian idolatry. In the wilderness, they wanted to return to slavery if it meant food security and some illusion of stability in their lives, forgetting all the hardship and the difficulties that were going to come with them. But once they finally settled in the promised land of Canaan, they decided that they wanted a king. They weren't happy with the current government, uh, and in some cases justifiably so, and so they decided to replace a group of flawed human leaders with a single, all-powerful, flawed leader. The prophet Samuel warned them of what would happen as a result of that. They're just going to come in and take advantage of you. They're going to use you for their own good. They're going to take the best of what you have, give it to themselves, give it to their friends, give it to their political allies, and they're going to leave you behind. And they're not going to serve you. And he warns them and says, In the day that you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourself, the Lord will not answer you in that day. But it says the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but there shall be a king over us that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battle. As God tells Samuel, they have not rejected you, they've rejected me. And we kind of have the same problem today. Because we want human leaders. We want leaders that think like us. We want leaders that have the same priorities as we have, the ones that we think will listen to us and that offer us some greater fulfillment. But in reality, all they're basically doing is taking our energy and redirecting it towards what they want, towards their cause, creating an enemy that they can pit us against so that we will then think that they are our saviors, our champions. Because their goal is to mobilize us to do what they want to do. Not to make our life better, safer, more meaningful, more peaceful. It's all about power. It's all about enacting their vision, flawed and short-sighted though it may be, because their faith resides in themselves and in people who think like they do. But that's kind of how we view life as well. We might respond just like the people of Israel did, because that's how we see the world too. Our faith is in humanity too, and we know that there's someone out there that can pull us all together and make this world the place that we think it ought to be the place that we think that we deserve. You know, the writer of Ecclesiastes said in the first chapter of the book, I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. One of the great vanities in life is to listen to someone tell you that they can fix a world that cannot be fixed. If we could only come up with a new political system, a new way of looking at the world, we could be rid of all the selfishness, bigotry, bitterness, and strife, and finally have unity with the people around us. It's almost as if we are the first generation that ever wanted to get rid of those things. That now that we set our mind to it, we can have 
that perfect life. We can have that perfect community. But the reality is that people have been seeking that dream since the beginning of time. And they've been failing because they've been putting their trust in the wrong source. Because in reality, there's only one man who promises unity who can actually provide it, and that is Jesus. Because Jesus tells us that the way to be one is to stop thinking like the world, to stop following conventional wisdom that usually is simply a thin covering draped over selfish desires for power, control, and self-gratification. Stop listening to the leaders that are human just like you and listen to a leader that has the wisdom, the power, and the foresight to actually guide us in the way we ought to go. Colossians 3 says that in Christ, we put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek nor Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. We're focused on conforming ourselves to the image of God and serving and encouraging others who want to do the same thing. It's not about you and me. It's not about our wisdom. It's not our, about our ability to bring about an outcome. It's about entrusting our lives to God and allowing him to lead us wherever we need to go. All of us want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. The world wants you to settle for that. Just find something bigger. Let's try to be part of something better than ourselves. God save us from the hero we deserve. Praise God for the hero we truly need. Thanks for listening. Keep training for Godliness. We'll see you next time.